Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. Football. <laughs> Football. You like that? You like that? Coach, uh, WAF Boston. It's a kind of a unique question um, with Great. the social media. Uh, could I come up there and take a selfie with you, Coach? Would that be okay? Yeah. Yeah, we'll get that later, all right? Is it maybe if I just got in front of the podium and you waved? Next question. Next question. Football! Yeah. Football, yeah! yeah. Football! Yeah. Football! Yeah. Who's the Buzzkill PR guy? Next, next question. Next question. Somebody There's from no having fun. At <laughs> Somebody from the league that takes itself very seriously as the buzzkill guy. That was uncomfortable, though. If you're going to do that, you got to be more all in than funny dude was in. I like how the guy was like, I got a, I got a unique question. And Bill's like, all right, sweet. This sounds Great. awesome. He's like, oh, yeah. Can I take a selfie? Come on, bro. Not amused. You just killed it. <laughs> not amused. Bill was so yeah. excited. He's like, finally, something not like super cliche football. Okay, why can't the answer just be, yeah. You know what? I've been an NFL coach for like 40 years. I'm at my bajillionth Super Bowl. I've got more rings than one hand can fit if you count the Giants. Sure. Let's have some fun. Come on up. Let's have fun for 10 minutes. You come up and take a selfie. For Phil Mackey, that makes sense. But knowing Bill Belichick, is that something you'd ever expect? I expect them to just go, yeah. I don't. Yeah, you're right. I'm gonna th- but I'm throwing a flag on question guy. You got to be more all in. He was like a little bit tepid. Right. If you're gonna do that, you got to be in. You could tell he was worried about it. You could tell he was. Yeah, concerned about about the answer. Let's go back to the tape. Here. All right, Coach uh, WAF Boston. It's a kind of a unique question um, with Great. the social media. Uh, could I come up there and take a selfie with you, Coach? Would that be okay? Yeah. Yeah, we'll get that later. All right. Is it maybe if I just got in front of the podium and you waved? Next question. Next question. God, PR guy at the end. So if you're if you're Bill Belichick and you look miserable all the time, and sometimes you'll see him courtside at a Celtics game or something. And Nick Saban pretty much always looks miserable unless he's at a coach's clinic and he gets to like lecture about right. games, his career. Yeah, he's in his element. Do you think it's it's worth it for those guys? Let's assume that they're ninety nine percent of the time they're just miserable and they're grinding. I mean. All the accolades and all the money that they make. If you're just constantly like that and you can't even have a moment of levity at your ninth Super Bowl, is it worth it? The, What's the point? The job? Well, okay, but here's the issue with with Belichick, Saban, and that group. 
they don't like us at all. So like being around us is torture. So they're you not going like to have us, fun. You mean humans or yeah. football writers or being at a media day or around people that think they're funny. They don't enjoy that. So like their their enjoyment is never derived from it's a press conference. Okay, I'm going to have fun. So Bill Belichick hears that question. He's just like, this is a miserable moron. Now he might enjoy different people in different walks of life, but they don't like us. Like they have no interest in talking to us, being around us. So so every moment that they spend in these settings to them is a form of torture. Have we ever seen Bill Belichick have fun though? Like, usually, I, I get what you're saying, Judd, and, and we've seen guys like that before who see the media and anything having to do with the media as nothing more than an obligation. So they're going to go in there, they're going to get the obligation over with by answering your stupid questions as quickly as they possibly can and then get the hell out of there. But even with those guys, usually there's somebody in the media, and it's usually somebody in the local media, who can sort of tap into something and show that there is a different side to these guys and they can actually have fun. I don't know that I've ever seen that with Bill Belichick. Am I, I mean, this is a guy who went to a Super Bowl championship parade and chanted no days off. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it's true. Everybody there was taking the day off to go to the Super Bowl parade, and he's up there chanting no days off. Yeah. Like, he's never, even at a Super Bowl parade, he's, he's thinking about work instead, instead of enjoying the moment and having fun. Okay, so if someone told you guys, listen, Local radio, there's a boom, okay? Local okay. media, local yeah. podcasting, everything we're doing here at the all-new Cheap Plug Score North on 1500 and scorenorth.com. It's pretty cool. At Score North, okay? It's Minnesota sports anytime, anywhere. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. But someone said, okay, listen, you guys are all going to become multi-millionaires. Multi-millionaires, multiple millions of dollars per year. But the trade-off is you're miserable 95% of the time. Like, you get on the mic... And well, you're pretty much like Judd ripping everything. You know, <laughs> but I was going to say, I'm perfectly happy. Keep going. I like this path. Like, I'm going to get rich. What is the like? What is the trade-off in terms of okay, f- accolades and financial, you know, riches compared to just generally not being a sourpuss? See, I gotta believe, even though I've never seen him have fun, no matter who he's talking to, you got to realize that Bill Belichick in front of cameras and microphones. Is only about five percent of 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 his of his day. You know what I mean? There's there's ninety five percent of Bill Belichick we don't see. I gotta believe that there is a a a brighter, funner, sunnier side to Bill Belichick. And there are times where he's actually enjoying life. Where him and Gronk are fist pumping and ripping Tide pods or something. <laughs> but coaches are, you know, they're they're just weird. They're weird. Saban won a national championship, and the first thing he talked about was, "I'm going out recruiting tomorrow," or yeah. something like that. They're That's just like an odd. Can, yeah. They're an odd yeah. group. They derive pleasure from things that we look at, and we're like, "Really? That's fun." But I do, I do think Belichick looks at this entire week, and he's d- done this now what eight times, ten times, and he's just like, "Ugh." Enough. And you know what? What a luxury. And Vikings fans are sitting here like, okay, we'd take that one time for, oh, yeah. for the team to but have this media. I'll take Krabby Mike Zimmer one time. Yeah. If, oh, can if you imagine? The Super Bowl? And can you imagine oh, Zim? Goodness. Oh, he would hate this. <laughs> He'd smile a couple times knowing that it took him that long as a head coach to get to this point, right? Right. Would but, he? Yeah, I, I think he I would. I think year one he would. 
But if he got there like year two or year three, I think he would just be miserable. It's just so much BS. Okay, who do you think would be, of all the players on the Vikings roster, who do you think would have the most fun at media day? Stefan Diggs. Stefan Diggs? I think he'd have the most fun. That's probably a safe bet. Yeah, he's a he's he's that. definitely kind of kind of a quirky, subtly funny yeah. guy. They don't really have anybody on defense that would do that, do they? No. Jared Allen would have been amazing oh, yeah. ten years ago. Awesome now though, that would have been great. Harrison Smith, completely boring. Yeah, would hate it. Yeah, you know what? Diggs. I think well, right. Everson Griffin would would be incredible during media week, right? It might be, yes, it might be fun. Andrew Sandejo is kind of a fun follow on Twitter. Is he good in front not of a microphone? Not good with the media at all. Really? Does, okay. does not enjoy the media. Hmm. Yeah, no, I think Jonathan's right. I think Diggs is probably the best bet because he's, he's flamboyant and he completely gets it, I think. Mm-hmm. The rest of the guys would be like, you know, oh, I'm not going to say this or that, but I think, I think Diggs would play along and actually have fun. That's a good guess. Hmm. But I think Zim... Do you have somebody else, ooh. Phil? Sheldon, uh, this is from Collar. He just texted the... The show. Sheldon Richardson. Yeah. I've, I've spent zero time around Sheldon Richardson, so I'll take Collar's word for it. it. It depends on his mood that day, and it probably depends on his contract as well. <laughs> because there are times really? I heard that he was a mis- uh, There were times I heard that he was miserable, but on a, a one-year contract this year, he was good, I guess. Okay. So it sort of depends on your standing as a football player in life yeah. as well. I mean, I get it. It's your it's your livelihood and on, on the Belichick thing, it's your livelihood and it's the thing, it's your life's work and if you know it's your legacy and all these things. And maybe I'm just I don't know. Maybe I'm I, I just different, want, but I want goofy guy or gal to go all in. I want go, I want goofy to be completely self assured and confident. Not hey coach, can I you know maybe no. I'm coming up there. I want you if you're going to take that stance. I want you to have to be tackled by security as you make your way up to the podium <laughs> and they tackle you and arrest you. You want them on their way to the podium yes. as they're asking yeah. the question yeah. with the mic in hand. I want just complete taking co- it from the PR guy. Thank you. See, I always like last last year was the first time that I ever was part of Super Bowl week and they had the opening night on whatever Monday or Tuesday and it's all of the it's Belichick and Brady and you can't get within seven rows and there's fans and stuff. But then they bring out well they bring out everybody. And they bring out players that you feel you feel kind of bad for. They're just standing around with backpacks, and the only people walking, you know, like the uh, the backup gunner on the punt team or something. And he's he's got his team garb on, but the only people walking up to him are just these like fourth rate media. It's just, oh, it's just a player that I can talk to and ask him questions about what kind of underwear he wears, right? It's it's like the, it's the long snapper, yeah. <laughs> poor long snapper. But that's part of what I like about what used to be media day and Super Bowl week, and now they call opening night. And they've they they're trying to sanitize it and take the fun and the wackiness and the circus element out of it. Some guys still get through. Like I don't know who that was that we just heard asking Bill Belichick if he could take a selfie, and then the PR guy stepped in and put an end to it. And said next question, no questions. But um, and Jonathan, I don't know if you can find the sound of this. Do you guys know the comedian JB Smoove? Yes, he's on Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah, he's crazy eyes, crazy eyes killer. Yeah, um, no, 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 no. He's uh, he's a guy who lives with uh, Larry David. I can't remember. Oh, Leon, Leon yeah, is yes. his character's name on Curb Your Enthusiasm. So he was trying. Yeah, who am I thinking of? He, he I'm was. Just, I'm, I'm apparently I'm just mixing up African Americans. <laughs> just making up stuff now. Oh yeah, it's uh, it's Kirby. <laughs> 
won it. No, no he Phil. played center field. No, he, Phil. Idiot. No, he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so JB Smoove was going for some kind of joke involving Bill Belichick using a fake name when checking into Super Bowl hotels. This is how that exchange went. JB Smoove, isn't it true you used a name Samuel Adams? Bill Belichick responds, "That's not true." Bel- <laughs> But if it was true, J.B. Smoove continued, it's not true. And that was the end of it. That was the end of the joke. Wait, some, wait, some NFL PR intern transcribed that interaction and sent it, sent it out. Hey, Super Bowl week, man, it all gets transcribed. That's great. No, that's good. It's not true. That's all. Just It's not true. Uncensored. I'm not here for your jokes. I'm here to win football. Onto the Rams. <laughs> oh, so we actually we actually were ten minutes ago. We were going to lead with. We, let's get into this, so we can touch on it later. We're, Doug Kazarian's going to going to join us here shortly. But uh, the NFL apparently is strongly considering allowing challenges of penalties, Judd Zolgad. And you have the story in yeah, front of you. And, <clears throat> forgive me while I put my glasses on because I'm an old man now and I can't see. Uh, this from ESPN this morning, Adam Schefter. As a possible solution to avoid the type of missed call that occurred in the NFC Championship game, the NFL is expected to consider a plan that would allow limited coaches' challenges for incorrect judgment calls that also could include a penalty or time runoff if the coach is wrong per a league source. Okay. So this is before Goodell talked, but this is the step to how do you at least choose, choose sud- some judgment calls they can be challenged now, so a Ram-Saints play would be fixed. Why do we need... I, I don't understand why we need some sort of a penalty attached onto this. Why can't it just be that judgment calls are reviewable, and if you get it wrong, it's no different than if you challenge a fumble? Why are they going the extra step of putting a, a penalty on top of it? Because they don't. They want to avoid coaches challenging things just for the sake of challenging things on the off chance that a referee sees, say, pass interference or helmet to helmet. Just, 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 just doing it just to do it on the off chance that something shows up on but the film that'll get you a, a, a flag or get a flag picked up. Right, but if if you if you're limited to three challenges, anyways, unless that's unless I bet you I bet you it's not going to be three. I bet you it's going to be three as as we have the rule written now, and then potentially judgment call challenges. Okay. How about that? And Something it, and, like and that. And how long is it? A fifteen yarder? What was the? We don't know yet. Okay, it's just uh, it, it's being discussed. Okay, but see, I'm with you, Phil. I don't, I don't see any reason why it should cost you time off the clock or or yards or whatever the case might be. But I would even expand instant replay and say, okay, you have six timeouts, you get six challenges. Three of them can be on judgment calls. Three of them can be on calls that are challengeable right now, as as the as the rule currently stands. And you lose a challenge, you lose a timeout. So you have the same number of challenges as you do timeouts. You can use them as timeouts. You can use them as challenges. Yeah. But if you lose, you lose that timeout. Yeah, the whole you got to get the first two right to get the third one. I've I've always been puzzled. Does by not that. make sense. I like this because of this. A judgment call. If you could just challenge it, and and the worst case is that you're going to lose a timeout, then you're going to see teams be like, "Well, that was close. I'll challenge it. I want it to be clear. I want you to be absolutely sure that what you saw is a a blown call." I think what we need to have here, especially on judgment calls, is if it's an egregious miss, it needs to be fixed. Mm-hmm. But I don't want it to be, well, that looked like it was close, and I've got nothing to lose at this point in the game, so I'll just challenge it. I want it to be, no, that was definitely wrong. Well, is this going to be like, uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, Judd, but in the NHL, if you challenge... Offsides. So if you you challenge offsides, and then everything is reviewable, or what's the... Isn't there... 
Or maybe I'm thinking of on a goal on on a goal in in hockey about four or five years back. They put in you could challenge the offside call, and at that time there, there was if you were wrong, you lost your timeout. That was it. And so we had a ton of offside challenges, and teams would be like, "Okay, I'll just challenge it," and worst case. I lose my timeout, but I get a break after a goal. So then they came back two years ago and said, okay, we're going to keep this rule on the books, but if you're wrong, it's a two-minute delay of game. And therefore, you have to think long and hard about, do you you want to challenge it? And it basically made teams be much more sure of themselves if they did, that it was an offside. Yeah, I think you should, in the NFL, I think you should have to specify exactly what it is you're challenging, and then that's the scope of it. Because what I don't want is, this is right, and I'm all for more challenging, and I'm, I, I actually like what Rami brought up. You get six timeouts. You get six challenges, three in this category, three in that penalty category, and then like game flow category. Right. But what I don't want is, oh, uh, like that play didn't go my way. Uh, there's got to be a penalty in there somewhere. Look right. at the whole play. It's right. got to be no pass interference on this wide receiver that was running a route, right? And if there was holding on the left tackle, but I didn't yeah, they're not call, call for that, that to be challenged, right. that's my fault. And I don't know about you, Phil, and we talked about this a little bit earlier today on Purple Daily. I revealed that I have a problem with the NFL. Like, it's it's an addiction of mine. Um, I believe you said something about wanting to inject it in I your want veins. It right in my veins, yes. <laughs> uh, for about nine hours on Sunday. I just want NFL injected into my veins. So the, the concern of more reviews and, and making the game too long... That might be a concern for baseball, though I think that aspect is a little bit overblown when we talk about the falling popularity of baseball. I don't think it's the length of game that's necessarily killing it. And I know it wouldn't kill the NFL because most NFL fans are like me. They're going to they're gonna keep on watching. They're going to keep coming back no matter what you do to hinder the, the viewing experience, if this even does hinder the viewing experience. If the game goes 12 minutes longer... That doesn't do anything to deter me. I'm going to be on. That just means I'll be on my couch for 12 minutes longer. It does. It does nothing to affect my enjoyment of the game. It's another chance to go to the bathroom or run to the fridge and get a snack. It doesn't affect my enjoyment of the game whatsoever. And I don't think the NFL is worried about that because they know that they have an addictive product and people aren't going to go anywhere. What the NFL worries about is that early games will go too long and bleed into the late games. So just push the late games back to 3.30, and and let's make sure we get as many calls right as we can possibly get right, even if it takes an extra 12 minutes. And if you don't use the reviews, it's more time to watch you know, the NFL on Fox crew do, yeah. their, do their show in between games. Uh, speaking of injecting things into your veins, mm-hmm. if you are uh, of, of the mind that you like to inject gambling-related things into your veins, well, Doug Kazarian is the guy, because Doug Kazarian is ESPN's gambling expert. And uh, we'll go over some of the various prop bets and things that are of interest for the Super Bowl this weekend. Real quick, before we go to the break, you guys want more Bill Belichick versus comedians? Yes. At Super Bowl opening night? Okay, one one comedian asked him, Coach, when was the last time you laughed? Belichick just offered a weak smile. Didn't even respond, <laughs> just offered a weak smile. He said, he's in 1979. <laughs> another coach said, uh, co- or another reporter or comedian said, Coach, Julian Edelman wrote a children's book. Do you know the character of that book? He said, I've got to read that book. <laughs> That's all he said. A comedian asked him, Coach, what are the chances you are going to get an Instagram account? Bill Belichick, less than 0%. <laughs> <laughs> this, this, this year? Yeah. Are these bad? This all happened a couple That's nights ago. good stuff, though. I like Super Bowl this. opening yeah. night. Mackie and Jeb with Robbie. All right, let's talk about TCL TVs for just a moment here. 
It's uh it's a 55 inch glorious TCL 4K Roku TV. And uh, we actually have there's a mount on the uh, the other wall in the studio here on one of the other walls. We're going to have we're going to have two of them in the studio. We're going to have double the TCL TVs Woo-hoo! very soon here. We're all very excited about that. Because Judd especially. Yeah. Because it is 4,000 plus streaming channels and 450,000 movies and TV show episodes. If you're thinking about cutting the cord, there's no better TV to connect yourself with. And you'll never find something with better picture quality and more non-cable, non-satellite content platforms. Sports, non-sports, you name it. Long form, short form. There's even social media apps you can connect to as well. TCLUSA.com. And you can just stop by any major local retailer here in the Twin Cities and find out why TCL is America's fastest growing TV brand. Because what you listen to doesn't come from just one source. We offer Minnesota sports. Minnesota sports. Lots of it. Whenever you want it. Wherever you are. Even when you're mobile. On the move. Remain grounded with access to the content that you're passionate about. Get it all here. Score North. Minnesota sports anytime anywhere scorenorth.com thank you Jonathan does it surprise either one of you guys Rami Maclove Judd Zilgad that the Patriots are two and a half point favorites in the Super Bowl considering they lost last year they were down by what three or four touchdowns 25 points the year before in the first half and they haven't been Considered at all this season until maybe right now, one of the two or three best teams in the NFL. What did the spread start at? Because I, I didn't look this up, but I saw a note that said that it had it swung pretty quickly, like on Sunday. Let me try and find it. Okay. Because it doesn't surprise me. No, not at all. And I never, we do this every year. The NFL is the ultimate overreaction league. And New England will lose two games in a row. And everybody, the, the talking point across sports television, sports radio is, is this it for the Patriots? Is this the end of the road for the Patriots? Is this the end of Belichick and Brady? Has their era passed? Have they passed a torch? And every year I sit back and I go, really, guys, we're doing this again? We're really, we're really doing this again? I never doubted that the Patriots were, at worst, a top five football team in the NFL. At worst, top five. Even what, what were they at one point this year? One and two? The one, and everybody was panicking over the Patriots? To your point, though, the one thing that we can't get our head around year after year after year is that they are the only team that treats September like it's still exhibition games. And right. they're brilliant. They're yep. brilliant because every year they do this. And every year we're so conditioned to think, okay, the season started. Oh, the Patriots aren't playing well. What's wrong, right? And it seems like on a yearly basis these guys are like September – Ah, we really don't care that that much. And then October comes and it improves, and November comes, and Belichick and the Patriots hit a switch. Yeah. Uh, the opening line, by the way, was uh, was Rams by one, That's, and now okay. it's swung it Patriots two and a half. And I, it's hard to read too because the Rams the Rams feel like a team that could come in and Sean McVay could put a scheme together in two weeks, and they could put an end to the whole Tom Brady Bill Belichick dynasty. I could also see a scenario in which a second year ish of or third year Jared Goff, a young quarterback, gets caught up and is easy to scheme against if you're Bill Belichick and Tom Brady and company. And I, I could see so many different the only outcome I can't see, I guess, is Rams blowing out the Patriots. The Patriots always play close Super Bowls. You ever notice that? Yeah. It's all like everything. Going back to the original Rams matchup from almost twenty years ago has been they've never had a game where they just beat someone by twenty points in the Super Bowl. 
but yeah, I don't. It doesn't surprise me at all that the Patriots would be favored. I go yeah. into this game feeling a lot the way I felt going into overtime against the Chiefs, which is I almost always expect Tom Brady to to get it done. I almost and I know he's lost what four? He's lost four Super Bowls. Uh, yeah, I think it's four now. Four Super Bowls, I think, including last year. Yeah. Even that being two the against, case, well, two against the Giants. Uh, is it three? It might be just three. Last year, two against the the Giants. I think you're right. There's so many Super Bowls. I mean, yeah. He's been to like eight of them. I think that tells you all you need to know. The fact that we can't even remember how many Super Bowls he's been in. I think that tells you all you need to know about what to expect from Tom Brady and the Patriots. It's five Super Bowl championships. This is this is his ninth Super Bowl. Yeah, it's ridiculous. His ninth Super Bowl. And and as I said on the Tuesday show, my absolute favorite thing about this year is the Patriots and Brady in particular playing the woe is me, nobody believed in me card. It's hilarious. How do you how can you get away with that? Nine Super Bowls in and now you're coming out with your fastball of people don't believe in, in me. They don't think I can do this. Yeah. It's like Tom, no, you can't you can't play that card. Yeah. I know um you guys were talking about this earlier in the week, or maybe it was yesterday. Um and I didn't join the show until the end of the show yesterday, but I am. I guess I'm not as pumped. The lead up of this Super Bowl hasn't been. I haven't been super engaged with it. I think mostly because what more is there to say about the Patriots? Just play the damn game. Uh-huh. But once the game hits, I'm going to be super drawn into this thing for a couple different reasons. Number one, just the storyline of there being potential bookend Rams Patriots Super Bowls. One that launched the dynasty, and then maybe another one that puts it to bed. We'll find out what happens on Sunday. But most importantly. It's possible we never see another run like this in the NFL as long as we live. The only comparable run like this in the NFL is the 49ers from 1981 to the mid-90s. Right. And that run, now that run included no Super Bowl losses, but it also only included five Super Bowl trips. And two quarterbacks. Two different quarterbacks, correct. Two coaches? Bill Walsh and George Seifert? Yep. Okay, so we're... I am definitely going to be put in the ground with, without a run like this again. Mm-hmm. I'm f- 49. There's never going to be in football. There will never be a run like this it's again. 18 in, in my lifetime. seasons, no one coach, yeah, one no quarterback. No way. And in, in, in the for, the 49ers run, too, I, th- I thought when that ended, and I was a kid when that ended, but I thought, well, I, we're never going to see. There's no way a team dominates the NFL for almost two decades like that. It's the team of the... The Cowboys were the team of the '90s, but the 49ers were won a champ, won two championships in the '90s, and went toe to toe with the Cowboys throughout that whole decade. To dominate two decades, there's never going to happen again. Doesn't it kind of make you say to yourself, though, and especially with with what's out there about the Patriots and Spygate and Deflate Gate, and please stop putting Gate on the end of scandal, Rami Gate, Rami Gate, which was where I couldn't get an apartment because I was on a terror watch list. But that's a whole other story in and of itself. Doesn't it make you wonder when they have an unprecedented run of success like this that we maybe have never seen before? And like Judd said, chances are you'll never see again. Don't you go, well, what are they what are they doing? What are they really doing to be this good and consistently have this level of success? They gotta be doing something. Are you saying there's more there than we know? I'm saying that if they were spying on on teams in 2006, yeah. I wouldn't doubt if they're spying on teams in 2018, 2019. Is that crazy for me? To th- is that is that just the 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 pessimist in me no. coming out? The single most suspicious thing. Forget about 
the stories you hear about a Patriots intern going in and stealing the the play chart from the like stuff like that that you hear. The single most suspicious thing that doesn't make sense to me is the Patriots year in and year out, at least up until a couple of years ago. I don't know. I, this came out a couple of years ago. Had by far historically low fumble rates. Isn't that weird? You mean like they the just, footballs were deflated at times? I don't know why, but they just Deflate never games, fumbled. If you looked at the Patriots' fumble numbers year after year, are they just that much more disciplined than every other team in the NFL? And fumbling is kind of a random occurrence, and you know, it's 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 not like one team is just holding the ball out. Like everyone has the same right. running style. How much, for are, the most how much part? are they running the gauntlet in Patriots practice? Or do they have like pine tar up and down their arms? You know, I don't know. It's how weird. Many, how many how many super successful teams do you guys think don't in some way probably bend the rules and or cheat though? I wish the Vikings would more often sometimes. See, I'm a guy who almost always will give professional athletes and professional teams the benefit of the doubt that you're doing it on the up and up until I have a smoking gun of some sort to say otherwise. And I, I so with the Patriots, we do have two smoking guns. We have Spygate, we have Deflategate, and I know probably more was made out of those than than should have been, obviously. But they were doing things that were against the rules, and you got to wonder what else they're doing that's against the rules to have an unprecedented run of success that, like, like we've said, we will probably never see again. Fumblegate. Stick them. They have stick them all up and down their arms. Yeah. Uh, all right. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North on 1500 and scorenorth.com. And uh, we actually, we, we I'm sure Doug did a bunch of interviews and does every year during Super Bowl. We, we had a great time when the Super Bowl was here in the Twin Cities last year, meeting him in person. Doug Kazarian, the uh, ESPN sports betting analyst and host of the Behind the Bets podcast. You can follow him on Twitter, at Doug ESPN. What is happening, Doug Kazarian? Gentlemen, good to be with you. And while everyone's complaining about the weather here in Atlanta, I do remember what it was like a year ago, so this is balmy. <laughs> well, and we've been discussing this this week. So it was cold here last year, but the wind chills today in the Twin Cities are minus 50. Minus 50 wind chills. Imagine if the Super Bowl was in Minneapolis with that this year instead of last you year. You can't go outside. Like, I don't, I don't know how you go outside. <laughs> you oh, don't. You, oh, you don't, Doug. <laughs> you don't. You go to your car. You get in your car. You run inside. You don't go outside. You're yeah, right. You just don't go outside. It's that simple. Oh. So, so painful. So what what do you make of the uh, the line moving from uh, initially? I believe the opening line was Rams minus one at a lot of sports books. Now it looks like Patriots. You can get a Patriots minus two, minus two and a half in some places. What do you make of that? Well, I just think there's a classic case of recency bias because the line was posted Sunday night and the line moved right away because the betters had just seen Tom Brady engineer a game winning drive and the Rams quote unquote. Luckily, one, because of that non-call in the pass interference. So it is pure recency bias. But let's not forget, and I, I'm kind of leaning with the Rams. I don't love it, but I lean there. This is a Rams team that, uh, excuse me, this is a Patriots team that just beat the 31st-ranked defense in the NFL and had their defensive coordinator fired. So, yeah, they didn't. the Patriots looked good, but like I, I'm pretty sure Wade Phillips and the Rams defense is going to bring it a little bit better, more effectively. Doug, what storyline about this game intrigues you the most as we uh, get closer to kickoff? 
Um, gosh, there's so many. I think it's the coaching, like the you know, the, the is it going to be the passing of the baton of the genius coach, something like that. I mean, McVay and Belichick, but I'm really intrigued to see how Jared Goff performs. Right, like I think there's value on him as the MVP. You can get over two to one at nine to four, and the, for a team that on paper is power rated higher, opened as the favorite, and you're getting their quarterback over two to one in the MVP. That seems like value to me. You talked about recency bias and Todd Gurley and his performance in the NFC Championship. I, along, I think, with most people who were watching that game, even though the Rams were saying that it was it was not for health reasons, it was just a coach that Sean McVay or a decision that Coach Sean McVay made to keep Todd Gurley on the sidelines for much of that game. I assume that there is some sort of injury to keep a player of that caliber on the sidelines. Do you think? That moves the line at all? People wondering what's going on with Todd Gurley and whether or not he's really healthy heading into Sunday? It's a great question. I'm, your guess is as good as mine on the injury. So there's basically two things that move the number in the point spread. It's actual news, which an injury like Gurley would do it, and then also just betting handle and, and respected, sharp, professional money. So I think the fact that – and sometimes they coincide, right? Like the Sharps might react to an injury news, and then they move it a lot. So you can't make a blanket statement on that, but I, I'm sure that's weighing in the minds of some people, too. I mean, this is not the girly of midseason when he was in the MVP discussion. What's the most degenerative thing or the most <laughs> degenerative you've ever felt Super Bowl week or, uh, or on Super Bowl Sunday? I think there was one time where I had like 23 of the 100 squares <laughs> in the Super Bowl party. I was like, all right, this is unnecessary. It's, t- it's well, time for some help, yeah. Well, because there wasn't a lot of us, so I was like, guys, let's just come on. Let's we got to fill this out if we're going to have any squares. So I was just getting people. Yeah, you know, I was like, all right, I'll buy five more. Like, let's go. And then we, you know, you lower the amount so everyone, you know, you can do a penny, a one cent if you. you, you the, the grid should be filled no matter what, and then you figure out the money. But the fact that like that was the big problem. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm desensitized to it all, man. You guys got to realize. You know, I grew up around this with four older brothers. I mean, not like I, I bet five dollars on the Super Bowl. In, you know, when I was a kid. Like, I'm not sitting there with bookie sheets. But, you know, you know, living in Vegas and doing all that. Like, I'm pretty desensitized to it, and it's what you know my lane is right now. So, I, I just think it's a it's a great form of entertainment, especially around the Super Bowl, prop bets, everything. It's just a part of the fabric of the big game. What is your what? So, in in terms of just people who are are looking, you got. 10 people coming over to someone's house and you're looking to spice it up and make, make it fun. What's your recommendation? Like what's an easy, is it squares or is it something else? Well, squares are really easy, but I think people should get down on the game in their own way. Right. I think people should be betting with friends on the Super Bowl, and people, whatever it is. I mean, literally if you had, if you bet a friend, like the, the slightest bet can be enough juice on the game. So, uh, just because there's bragging rights so inherently built into that when you're betting one of your friends, or even you can, you know, do it with a spouse or a roommate, chores, right? Like loser has to do the tra- trash cans the next three, four weeks, right? And then say, I'll take the pass minus two and a half. Whatever it is, just adding a little, uh, little, a little cheddar on top is always <laughs> makes things a little bit more fun. Which prop bet do, do you, uh, have you identified as one that you find intriguing for this game? So I think my favorite prop is the longest touchdown of the game under 49 and a half yards. So think about it. You have the Patriots who want to avoid a Dominican Sue and Aaron Donald all costs. So I'm thinking Brady's throwing underneath out of the backfield, things like that a lot. 
And then the Patriots defense signature is bend but don't break. I just don't see a 50-yard touchdown. I just don't. Some of the non-game-related prop bets are always intriguing to me. A couple that I saw was uh, Will Glad or how long will it take Gladys Knight to sing the national anthem? Will Adam Levine be wearing a hat during the Super Bowl halftime show? That's actually a bet that's out there. My question when it comes to bets like that, because you bet on a game, nobody knows the outcome, including the participants. If I'm Adam Levine and they're betting on whether or not I'm wearing a hat, can't I just go to Vegas, put down some serious cheese, and go out and, and wear a hat or don't wear a hat and, and, and right. cash in? Well, this is important to understand. I think everyone's new to this, especially if states add legalization. Right now, that's not part of the betting menu for legalized states. Okay, all right. Like, you cannot bet that in Vegas. You can only bet stuff that's basically determined on the field or in a box score, right? So passing yards. Now, recently, they've added MVP as one of the options. But for the most part, you can't do that stuff. Now, offshore and illegal betting is <laughs> more than a majority. Uh, I mean, if that's possible, like that's a large part of this. So you're right. We should be discussing this because that's what people are about. Now, there are limits to that offshore. You cannot get down six figures on something of nonsense that's easily fixable. So I think they, uh, they offer that sort of for entertainment purposes that they think anyone who is involved in all that is not going to compromise their ethics for such a small amount of money. Do you, in your expert opinion, think Adam Levine will be wearing a hat? <laughs> I, I have no idea. I, 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 I cannot speak to any of that. Nor Doug, should you care. Doug's like, I have no idea, but I certainly hope so. He looks, just looks, looks way better in a hat. He just does. Um, I, 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 this is not really a gambling question for you, but uh, as just a follower of football and a fan of football, your thoughts on Tony Romo, the color commentator that has graced us here in his uh, post-playing career? I think it's been fantastic. I wonder if any other quarterback can do it, right? Like, any, like I wonder if, I don't know, like Brock Osweiler sitting there at home like, yeah, I know that's coming too. Like, I wonder if this is just so commonly known by anybody who's played quarterback in the last couple of years. I, I don't – I mean, because what he's saying is pretty basic. Like, I was screaming at the TV, why the heck are the safeties playing 50 yards downfield when the Patriots don't have a deep threat they don't have a quarterback who can throw deep. They're literally running a rub route to Gronk or Edelman, and he's wide open. Like, it was pretty basic. That's why the D.C. was fired. Now, I'm not saying I'm calling out the place. I like it. I think it's great. I wish he explained the why more instead of just saying, here's what's going to happen. Um, but I, what, what scares me in a good way is that he's just going to get more polished, right? There's some raw emotion things that are a little, like, awkward at times. But I think I'll take that with all the great analysis. I, I wish other commentators did more. All right, here's the two minute drill. You got to get this off before the two minute things like that. Because as someone who loves the sort of the game theory of it all, I get annoyed when a lot of broadcasters are completely oblivious to this stuff. Where you should factor in, hey, do we call a timeout here? Stuff like that, and especially in, in basketball as well, fouling and down six with 40 seconds to go. You do not let them run the clock. You have to foul and extend the game. But other times, coaches, the fourth down conversions, the, it, it's just it's enjoyable to watch. But I just wonder if other elite-level quarterbacks are like, yeah, this is like 
you know, basic stuff here. It would be amazing, right? Yeah, if you had, if like Trevor Simeon's just, oh yeah, that's I knew that. That's a, that's <laughs> a, I like that. I could have made twenty million dollars yeah. broadcasting. Uh, Doug Kazarian, uh, he is an ESPN sports betting analyst, and you can find him as host of the Behind the Bets podcast and also on Twitter at Doug ESPN. All right, Doug, enjoy the game this weekend, man. Thanks, guys. Always appreciate it, and stay warm up there. Well, it's, it's not possible. We'll today. just stay we'll inside, just, yeah. Doug. That's what we'll do. Thanks. <laughs> All right, appreciate you got it. it. Uh, Doug Kazarian from ESPN. What yeah. was the bet a couple years ago, Joe Buck related that he was going beard? Oh, beard. Okay. Yeah. Would Joe there, Buck have a beard? I actually. That, thank I'm, you. I'm looking at a list right now of some of the more ridiculous prop bets that will be available for this Sunday's Super Bowl. Do you guys? Want to go over that a little bit on the other side of a break? Let's do Some it. Some of them are ridiculous. All right, Mackie and Judd with Rami from the TCL Broadcast Studios. It's the all-new Score North on 1500. I love it. It is, it is stupid, stupid cold. cold. Watch out for that black ice. That's yeah. the only thing. That's, that's the, one, the only thing. To me, that's the one benefit of this cold is that you. I have the road all to myself coming, yeah. coming in and out of the station today. I went downtown Minneapolis this morning for a dentist appointment, and it was like a Saturday in Your dentist worked today? Yeah. Oh, congratulations to that person for yeah. going to wow. work. Yeah, I'm was, impressed. That's a good dentist. It was. Downtown Minneapolis, and it was a ghost town. And I was kind of, I was looking at the temperatures late last night and this morning, thinking, well, A, mostly I don't want to be outside. But then part of me was, as I woke up this morning, thinking, I don't know if it's ever going to be this cold ever again. It's cold in Minnesota this time of year, but it's never 50 below wind chill cold downtown Minneapolis. So this isn't the norm. Because uh, when when I came no. here, this is, were, this, no. is, this is going to be a record cold day, yeah. I'm pretty sure. When I came here, having lived my whole life in, in Chicago or Milwaukee, people were like, I know you're used to the cold, but Minnesota cold is a different type of cold. So I got here and this crap started and I was like, yeah. oh, this is what they were talking this about. This is the coldest it's been since 96. That's the last time. Of there, course. I even think that this that this tonight might surpass that is what well, they're saying. The only thing that concerns me is I park outside. So I thought to myself, if my car starts, I'm fine. Is it weird that there's a part of me that I see this temperature? I'm like, I want to see what that feels like. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Yes, I had the same like, thought. It's never going to be this cold again. It the answer to be. your question? I want to see what this feels like. Yes, yes. you're both freaks. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, it's weird. I, Jonathan, you and I are tracking right now. So I parked my car, and I parked it at a meter. I was a little worried, like, oh, man, if I'm going to be in here for an hour and a half up. But, I don't think they're caring today. I don't think there's anybody uh, checking that today. So I, well, I did plug it. I was worried about... Whatever, the cold. Yeah. But get out of my car. I thought the same thing you just said, which is I'm going to stand out here for like three or four minutes and just breathe it in. Why? Just to see what it feels like. Why? Because it's never it, this cold. This is yeah. insane. Curiosity. I, I, Rami, yeah, I can't help you. It's just the curiosity you. part. Rami, it it kind of feels like you you can feel your lungs freezing a little bit. I, I <laughs> That's sort of, a little weird. <laughs> I, in a weird way, I pride myself on the fact that every morning, no matter the weather, I take my dog for a good long walk, like 30, 45-minute walk. And yesterday, I was like, screw it, man. We're doing this. I know it's cold, but we're doing this. He needs the exercise. I need the exercise. We got across the street. And I was like, nope. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, no way. My dog, my dog goes outside like goes barely outside pause get cold 
U-turns like, nope. Yeah, he wants nothing I'll to do pee with it. On, I'll pee on your kitchen floor. I'll say the one thing about this weather is that it makes so snow snow or snow so hard and compact that for once as a fat guy, the snow didn't sink in when I stepped on it. Oh, so you she felt, felt good. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's because of your diet, Jonathan. Right. No, this that's, is awesome. That's because you've switched to salads. <laughs> Come on, you're losing it. weight. Say it's, it's only that. three weeks of that. When, when did we start giving adults work off because it's cold is my question. Like kids, I totally get. But now today, nobody went to work. When did we start to decide that adults? Now, if you work outside, I totally get that. Okay. Well, I'll take it a step but further. If you're, okay. If you work at a bank today, you need to get from your car to the bank, and then you're in a building that's heated. For sure. Well, okay. I'm going to take that a step further because I have I have a dumb question, and I was talking with, and I'm not a parent, but I was talking with a parent about this mm-hmm. in the workplace today, who agreed with me on this. They actually brought it up first. Is the reason why we close schools because of bus stops? Yes. I okay. think so, yeah. It has to be that, right? Yeah. Because yeah. the bus is heated, the school is heated. Yeah. You're not, okay, there's no recess today. So is it just because? Yes. I think that's why it is. The buses are the I want my kids standing out there. Well, couldn't you give them a ride? And We could. Is it just because it's now still logistically? Expect, now you're expecting a whole school full of kids to be dropped off by their parents and think yeah. about that logistical well, nightmare. And don't, and don't forget, too, I saw a few things Last night, and this this goes to show you how dumb some people are. That basically said, if you normally leave your dog outside, don't tonight because your dog might die. The you need to be told, to be told that? that. Yes, but that's but oh my but what I'm saying is, so if you if you if you logically play this out and say, okay, my kid's not going to go stand at the bus stop because I'm going to drive my kid because it's mm-hmm. so cold outside, and I'll drop him or her off at the front of the school, and they'll w- walk inside and be fine. You would have X amount of parents who would be like, oh, "Jimmy, there's school today, so go stand at the bus stop." Like you, you'd have to be concerned about that. Well, think about so this. You can't do that. This is where my mind wanders sometimes. So, how long has we could probably debate this? But the the Earth has been around for billions of years, right? Depending on who you ask. Okay, right. at, at least yeah. millions of years. Six five one six four six eight two five five. Taking your mind calls down. It might have just started Thanks like two thousand years ago or so, if you ask some people. Just, but but it's been around. Right. It's been around <laughs> a long time. For a long time. Yeah, yeah. long time. <laughs> I love where that's just went. <laughs> If you want to debate, 651-646-8255. And 5 o'clock, we'll talk Trump. But it wasn't up until very recently, it wasn't up until very recently that we could predict, hey, it's going to be cold in two days right. or tomorrow, right? Yeah. I mean, was if you if you were like without watching the weather or checking your you pretty much knew like the temperature range given the time of year is what, what you're, you're saying, if right? You're, if you're Abe Lincoln waking up in the morning in the 1850s or something, uh-huh. right? Yeah, you don't know it. Oh, it's it's going to be cold today because it's winter, but oh my god, it's 50 below wind chill. You find that out the hard way. Yeah, right. The only way to find it out was the hard way. When you right? walk outside and you shrink up into yourself. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yes. And lots of people died back then because unfortunately it was 50 below and they didn't know what's <laughs> that's uh, that's uh, where the Donner Party was. <laughs> but I still, I, 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 this year, but yeah. I still go back to my question of which is when did we decide that that basically on a day like this it was peace out for everybody? You, yeah, well, I mean, you're and the elder states, but don't, if you I don't, don't remember, know. then I, here's what I'm thinking. Adults used to go to work. More than it being a... <laughs> and some of us still do. Yeah, yeah well... More than, it be, more than it being an issue, though, of it's too cold for people to go to work... I think it might just be a cost-benefit analysis and people going, okay, we could open the store today 
But how many people are actually leaving their house in 60 below yeah. to come in to come and buy stuff at Bed Bath and Beyond? Is it worth it? Is it worth it for me to pay a whole staff yeah. to come okay. in today so that three people can come and get I'll buy that. I don't know, yeah. a, a, a hand-woven basket. You, see, know, see, you know what I mean? I may or may not have made a $150 purchase of towels and other things at Bed Bath and Beyond this last weekend. But what I've done that <laughs> Would I have done that today when it was minus Hell no, 25? you would Hey, you know, scent's important, okay? You need to get those scents. You need to get the, the good stuff. So what you're saying is, you're saying, I think I agree with this, some self-awareness of, okay, how important is my business to day-to-day right. functioning? Like, if you have a gas station, people are going to need gas on a day like yeah. today, so right. you're open. But yeah. if like if you, people need to be entertained in audio form, you better stay open. You better, score an order. Right, you better show up to your radio job. <laughs> you could have had, you exactly. know, it does say anytime reruns. on our slogan. So yeah, it doesn't say have it, to do it's it. anytime anywhere. Minnesota sports anytime anywhere, unless it's fifty below windshield. <laughs> in which case, it doesn't stop reruns. It doesn't say you're getting live content. It just says you know if you tune in and hear a hockey podcast, it might be good. Yeah. Could have run raised by wolves from four to five. I don't, I don't see the problem with that <laughs> from two weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, right, we will get to those prop bets here. We, yeah. I know we promised those, yeah. but uh, our guy Jeff in Texas, if you can promise not to swear, you're on with Mackie and Judd. And, and and promise not to tell us how warm it is there. Yeah. That's not something we want to hear. Oh, no. I, I'm i not going to tell you how warm it is. In fact, we are almost symmetric. I mean, it's almost it's just uncanny because my wind chill is 50 degrees, too. Sounds like I it. I got my stocking cap on, and I'm sniffing out here on the golf course, but that's not why I called. We feel so bad so, for you, Jeff. <laughs> So why can't they do like the NBA, like NBA, or, it's either NBA or college or both, but like the refs will, like something will happen and they'll go, oh, wait, we need to go look and see what really happened on this play. I'm not saying you do it every play through the whole game, but if you're within one score or 10 points or 11 points um, with two, three, four minutes left to go and you and, and the booth, Somebody says, oh, wait a minute, you guys might want to look at that again and see if something happened here and intervene and not put it on the coach to have to challenge challenge it. I mean, the, the NFL's got enough money that they can pay people to monitor these games and watch the same replays that, that we're watching at home and everybody knows it was obvious. Yeah, I don't that, know where you draw the line. but That is, Jeff, thanks for uh, for rubbing in your golf course weather there in Texas, and we appreciate it. He said he was wearing a stocking cap, though, while he was playing golf. Well, 50 is kind of unseasonably cool, depending on where you are in Texas. <laughs> but what he, I think he brings up a good question. We were, If you're just joining, uh, we, we were talking about the NFL considering allowing challenges of penalties earlier in the show. So what he's saying is, if the, NFL, if the, if the officials blow a call, why is it on the coach to have to say, oh, that's a blown call? Right. Why, why aren't there systems in place? And I think because there has to be some sort of filter, because you could argue that there's a blown call on every single play. So if you put it in the hands of, well, there's got to be people up in the booth with the NFL that can, then literally every play, it would be that person's responsibility to say, oh, the left guard held up the, you know, over here. There has to be but that's a filtering why, Yeah, process. and I, I've, I've, I've pitched this before that it should only be on-ball penalties. So pass interference, helmet to helmet, defenseless receiver, roughing the quarterback, things that are happening on, on, on the ball as, as the play is happening because like there's holding on every play in the NFL. So you can't... What about illegal? What about illegal? Like if I grab your jersey, but the ball goes over here. So I'm the I'm the cornerback. You're a receiver. I well, that's pass take interference. You to the is it, well, I guess or it's not. Holding. It's not technically pass interference. It's defensive holding. I yeah, I think you could still call that an on the ball call. 
Should judgment calls actually, to Jeff's point, should those go to the booth? Yeah. I so think instead that- of the coaches, so a coach still has his three challenges as as we know them right now. But if we're going to incorporate judgment calls, and let's say it's on-the-ball judgment calls, should those be triggered not by a challenge flag from the coach, but the booth? I think that you should just add one referee to every referee crew, and you have you know your crew chief, your line judge, your back judge, and then you have a guy, you have a replay guy up in the booth, just like every NFL team has their own replay guy up in the booth. There is an extra set of eyes who has the benefit of 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 a screen of multiple camera angles of replay. Who when when the guys on the field miss something, and it's not, I think that the NFL and really leagues across the world of professional sports, they're trying to protect the officials in the, in the sense that they. They don't want to make them look stupid. They don't. They don't want to. They don't want to. They don't. They don't want somebody else put it, calling them into question and calling their their plays into question. So in, instead of doing that, make it one of their own up in the booth who is has an extra set of eyes who has the benefit of replay. Like I said, who when the guys on the field miss something and they will miss something because they're human calls, beings. Yeah. On judgments. They're okay. going to miss something because they're human beings. This is a fast moving game. That guy up in the booth can call down to the referees and say, Hey guys, I think you might've missed something. Let's go to the monitor yeah. and check it out. So in, in essence, if you were to start from scratch, officiating, laying out the officials for a football game, right? Knowing what we know now about technology and HDTVs, right? How many officials are there in a, in a game? Is it, is it nine? Eight right now, right? Eight. Okay, so now it's nine, and the ninth guy just has a bird's eye view of the action, right? Right. Like the ninth guy j- literally sits there with binoculars and a screen and whatever whatever yeah. he needs. Yeah. And he can, you know, he has communication with the main, the head referee's earpiece or something. Right. He, I mean, he could even say then, on the fly, oh, uh, that was... You know, would, that would was we keep sides. it as is, which is the reviewable calls right now on challenges would stand, and, and coaches would still have their three challenges per game, and then the judgment calls would go to this official. I'd be okay with that. I just like the idea of having another official with a different point of view that is probably more effective now than it was 30 years ago. And keep in mind, too, we're talking about an egregious miss here. Like, we're, we're not talking about, well, it'd be nice to get this, this call that might have been right or wrong correct. We're talking about one of the all-time egregious blown calls. Yeah. So, so we're talking about trying to get something right that was, that everybody and their brother knew was screwed up. Yeah. Uh, that's Judd. That's Rami. Jonathan's over there too. He's hanging out and, uh, I'm Phil and we are Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all new score north on 1500. And you can find from earlier today, Purple Daily, which is a daily show. Live on the radio, live on the audio stream at scorenorth.com. Also live on Twitter, Facebook, Periscope, YouTube, Twitch. We're on Twitch. We got 20 followers on Twitch now. Purple Daily's on Twitch, too? Purple Daily's oh, on nice. Twitch Twitch is now, all over the place. That wasn't on right. my worksheet. Let yeah. me write that down. Add Twitch. it on your worksheet. Yeah, yep. there we go. You can find us on all those social media platforms at ScoreNorth. That's S-K-O-R North. We promise. I really wrote down Twitch. Just to Good. Make sure. Let's yeah. pump. Let's blow it up. For sure. Let's blow it up. We'll get to those prop bets here when we come back. Rami found some fun, interesting prop bets for this weekend's game. Um, did you have something too, Judd? Or you, 
You want to talk about Luther Brookdale Toyota? Blowing up. Oh. I was blowing <laughs> oh, things up because Rami said it's blow- Twitch is blowing up. I was doing the blowing up sign that the kids I like I thought to he know. was raising his hand. Like, no, yeah, so, like we were in grade school. Like, I Go got ahead. the answer. So uh, I've got some cool news from my friends at Luther Brookdale Toyota. And then now through the end of February, if you have any service done on your vehicle, you'll be eligible to receive up to $1,000 off of said service, courtesy of Toyota. That's right. Bring your vehicle into Luther Brookdale Toyota now through the end of February, and you could have up to $1,000 off on your service bill or $1,000 off your service bill. I should phrase it better. Paid for by Toyota. Now, some restrictions do apply. If you have any questions, you can contact my friends in that service department. But stop in today. Uh, you might hit maybe with your car going through what it's gone through this week, you might need service more than ever, but you can get $1,000 off on the corner of 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard and LutherBrookdaleToyota.com.